In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Anything that you've gone through, anything that you're struggling with, any disappointment, any pain, any hurt, any trauma, didn't come to break you, it came to make you. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men of the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men of the Arena podcast. This is Jim Ramos. I'm here with Dale Culver. And guys... Thanks so much for listening to this show. Uh, you bless us by joining us on our podcast. And I want to encourage you guys, go and write a review. Uh, send us some emails at info at We love to hear your hero stories. We like to highlight those hero stories. And whenever we do highlight you, we also want to send you some swag just for being a man in the arena. And so, Dale, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, Jim. Hey, I'm doing really good today too, man. Had a late night, had to drive to the airport, pick Shanna up, and got home at two in the morning. But I'm a little bit jacked. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Anyway, Mountain so Dew. Uh, you, man, I'm you ready. You don't drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> I know I drink Americanos. Anyway, uh, oh I, I got to tell you something, Dale. <laughs> I am so excited about this guy that we're having on the show. He is a true hero for men in our country. And uh, you know, a funniest story. On March 31st, somebody shared a post on uh, social media, and it was a picture of this guy with another dude and 12 young boys. I'm going to say they're fourth graders. Maybe they were third graders. They're all in suits, 12, uh, 10, 11 little black guys and one little white guy, and they're in their suits and ties. And they're smiling. <laughs> I mean, they just look super professional. And, and this post was highlighting this guy and what he's doing for young boys, specifically boys that don't have fathers. And when I saw that post, something inside me leapt. And I said, I've got to get this guy in my show. I, I reached out to him and he's a full-blown, committed follower of Jesus Christ, which was a risk. I didn't know if this guy was a, you know, what the heck this guy believes. So this guy's a radical follower of Jesus. He just wrote a book on the topic that we're going to cover. I'm so excited about this guy. And if you are a uh, a man who has a heart for the fatherless, this is your episode. I'm telling you what, guys, we are going to unlock 21 words of wisdoms for fathers that you are going to love. 
And before I do that, hey, Dale, do you have a man word for me today? I do, Jim. Wow, you sounded uh, scary. Well, thank you. Um, Not scary so, in a good way. Scary in like, a, get in the cars, kids. This crazy man's in the park. <laughs> so are you guessing or am I just throwing it out there? I think the word is fatherless or orphan <laughs> or something like that. Dude, you know I'm way more vanilla than that. Because you are so vanilla. You know that I'm way more vanilla than that. I know you are. How about fathers? Okay, you're going to die. It is gentlemen. <laughs> oh, well well played. Well played. I Talk thought for sure you're going to guess it and then ridicule me for being vanilla. Yeah, so Well, you're still vanilla, but good job. <laughs> no, I was raised in a day when we had to call everybody that was our elders Mr. and Mrs. Uh we referred to them as their last name. Um we were respectful. Um Man, I never, I never said anything or did actions that were inappropriate around somebody that was older than me. I uh, just was taught that respect. And so nowadays, it's like, you know, when I was youth pastoring and I'd hear kids saying stuff, I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm yeah, old. Yeah. You're, you're going to talk like that to me? Seriously, dude. You got some yeah. jacked up parents. So, you know, I think it's very important to be a gentleman. You know, you're opening the door for the ladies. They're letting ladies go through first. You know, when it's time to eat, the ladies go through first. You know, you wait till the end. Uh, you might get scraps, but you're going to be a gentleman and let others go. No, that's really good. You know, one of the things I taught my, I have three sons, and one of the things that I did that I thought was a very well played on my part was I taught them something that is never practiced with young men today. I taught them to grip a man's hand firmly, but not too hard. Do not limp wrist it. Firm handshake. <laughs> look him in the eye and say, it's nice to meet you. And man, my kids, that's what they do. And I'm telling you what, in this day and age, when a young man walks in the room with confidence, looks you in the eye, shakes your hand, that says, I have been taught and trained what a man should be like. And that's what I'm so excited about today. We've got a guy on our show. Oh, do we have a hero story, Dale? <laughs> we do, Jim. All so, right. uh, a Sorry friend of mine, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fired up about getting Kenny on here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say a friend of mine, but every time I see somebody write a review, that's my friend, you know, you're all my friends. But, uh, this guy, Frank says, read this book right there, guys, read this <laughs> book. He says, he says, no, digest this book. I am 74 years old and sincerely wish I had this book in my youth the chapter entitled sharpen your face is worth the cost of the book and the one mm. on finishing well is a close second every father of a son should read this book with his sons i can't wait to recommend to my men's group that they get a copy so we can study it together thank you jim ramos i love it when you write a book that's just a read and it becomes a bible study or a I guess not a Bible study, but it becomes a study. It's a read. We have study materials, but I guess you can study this. It's good stuff. It well, hey, I want to say this. Hey, thanks, thanks, Frank. Hit us up. We'll send you some swag. But, guys, this is the book that we're highlighting today. This is the book we want you to read and get. This book right here. That book right there. So uh, I appreciate the kind words, Frank, but we're all about this book today. Both books deal with a similar topic, How to Be a Man and how to be a father. And so I'm excited to bring our new friend on the show, Kenny Joyner. So Kenny Joyner is the director and co-founder of Boys With A Purpose, which is a nonprofit after-school mentoring organization for young boys. 
The organization has been serving in the Charleston, South Carolina area since 2016, which is when that picture I saw on Facebook was actually taken. So it's kind of cool that six, you know, uh, five years later, I'm able to reach this guy. Growing up without his father sparked Kenny's passion for helping young men to develop their gifts and to ultimately find their life's purpose. In 2016, as we mentioned earlier, this journey led him to Meminger Elementary School. Is that the right uh, translate uh, pronunciation? Meminger Elementary School, where he helped to start an organization he now runs called Boys with a Purpose. He's the author of our topic for today, his book, Without a Father, From Fear to Faith. Man, it's a pleasure to have you on, Kenny. You are a hero. <laughs> no, man, you the hero, Jim, man. I'm just I'm just <laughs> honored, really. I'm just honored to be with you guys uh, and, and just to be able to talk about uh, just a much uh, needed topic in our in our in our time now, and uh, and again, just to be able to empower men. I believe that if we can empower men, uh, we can solve you know ninety percent of our problems right now. Well, mm. I'll tell you what. Just coming across that picture that went viral. How many how many shares did that picture have? Do you know? Uh, Had to have been in the thousands. Yeah, it was it was up there, and it's been circulating for a while. And uh, you know, we 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 get you know. You know, just repost and repost and repost. Um, but that's really, again, that's really what it's all about. And that's how I know that, um, you know, just one man, right, one person um, can change the world, you know. And I believe that 100%. Now, Kenny, help me out here. So, you know, you're a super superhero at night, <laughs> but during the daytime, you're an elementary school teacher? Well, uh, I was teaching, uh, taught at Memory Elementary School, taught middle school and um, elementary, had a great time doing that. But now I'm currently working with a company called Capturing Kids Hearts. And uh, I get to uh, travel the world. I get to train teachers on a process of how to better relate to their students, right? We know our kids are dealing with a lot of social, emotional things. Uh, right now, as well as obviously COVID, but I get to go in and help those educators really have that great connection with the kid because I saw that that was one of the issues that our boys were having. They didn't really have a connection with their educators. And once we can get that connection, uh, we believe that hey, if, if you have a child's heart, you have a child's head. Man, that's really good. I really appreciate that. You know, I raised three sons. They're 27, 25, and 23 today. But in elementary school, I think there were one or two teachers that were men in the whole school. So I really appreciated those men immensely. And I really appreciated the teachers who were women who understood boys. And that wasn't always the case. And so to get a guy like you in there, man, you're a you're a gem for these young men. And I am just really excited to to hear more about what you're doing. But before we do, we, you take a lot of time in your book to do this. And so can you just take a, a few minutes here and just share your personal journey with our guys so they can get a context for where you're coming from? Well, um, my burden is for uh, men, and it came because I grew up without my father. Uh, I grew up in D.C. Um, uh, my mother uh, raised four kids by herself, and, um, and so that kind of started our journey, um, you know, um, just trying to, to, to figure out like what this whole thing was about and why, you know, my dad wasn't in my life. You know, I would go to, you know, football games and basketball games and everybody else's father would show up, but my dad wasn't there. And so 
Um, it left a void, right? That leaves a hole in the in your heart, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, you try to fill it with everything else, and you fill it with um, you, you fill it with drugs, you fill it with with sex, you fill it with uh, you know alcohol or whatever the case may be. Um, but that nothing can fill that void um, of the absence of a father. And because you don't have your father, um, it leads you on a path, you know, that um, led me on a place where. You know, I was I wasn't serious about school initially. I didn't know my full potential. I didn't understand, you know, my gifting or anything. Uh, I was I was I was just out here. Really, I was just floating, you know, um, trying to do the best I could. Um, but uh, luckily, God had uh, other plans. <laughs> and uh, uh, once I met Christ and, you know, really begin to see that life is wasn't happening to me it was happening for me and all of the things that i had been through and all of the pain and all of the suffering uh went through a lot of domestic violence in the home uh we struggled a lot with poverty um there's, a, there's even a chapter in the book about us actually getting set out you know and so um but all of that stuff that happened to me i realize now uh didn't come to break me it came to make me it came to make me, oh. yeah, it came to make me into the best version of myself. And so I would say that to every person out there, anything that you've gone through, anything that you're struggling with, any disappointment, any pain, any hurt, any trauma didn't come to break you. It came to make you into the best version of yourself. But you have to be in a sense of you have to be able to use that. Right. Everything is a lesson and a blessing. That's what it comes down to. And so now. Um, I said, you know, God called and said, okay, hey, listen, I need you to, all the things that you've been through, I need you to help other people who are feeling that same void, and I need you to put it in a book, and I need you to do that. And then I need you to, uh, I need you to really get in this game, right? And that's the biggest piece. You'll hear me talk about getting in the game. We're actually going to release a video soon about that. But getting in the game is, I hear a lot of people talking about what needs to be done about our issues with you know with, with, with the absence of fathers but there are very few people in the game you guys jim you dale you guys yeah. you guys are in the game right not on the sidelines talking and here's what i know only the people in the game affect the game right so it, wow if 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 tom brady doesn't play tampa bay doesn't win Right. It's only the players that are in the game that affect the game. The people on the sidelines shouting and screaming, even the fans, they don't dictate the game. It's only the people in the game. And so God just said, OK, if you really want to make a difference in young men's lives, he said, Kenny, you got to get in the game and you got to use everything that you've been through, all your pain, all your disappointment to help change lives and steer kids towards their purpose. So. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that, Kenny. That's powerful, powerful stuff. You know, he didn't come to break you. He came to make you. It, it, it goes back to something I say, that God turns your mess into your message. You know, you said something that was interesting. You said, there is without a father, there is a void. It leaves a hole in your heart. Nothing can fill that void, the void of an absent father. And then you said something else. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to go deeper into this. You said, only people in the game affect the game. Wouldn't you agree, though, that fathers who are not in the game affect the game negatively? 
Yes, yes, I would. So they do affect the yes, game. Yes, They just affect the game negative. They're like a horrible referee. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. right. You know, it's a bad call so every time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's what, you know, we say we don't tell men to get in the game. We tell them to get in the arena, which I think is, is uh, exactly what you're saying here. Now, you had a question. You said something earlier. You said, I wasn't able to realize my full potential, but at some point you did. And so my question then, Kenny, is who were the catalysts to unlock your best version? Uh, first of all, it would have to be God. That's first. Uh, it would have to be my mom, second. Um, and I've got two of the best friends. Uh, we've been knowing each other now 28 years. Um, uh, Pastor uh, Larry Page and uh brother ron pinckney uh have been my armor bearers they have been there they've been paracletes for me you know they have been ah. yeah they have been the people who have stood in the gap for me to be able to one save me from myself um and to be patient with me um uh to 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 so i could get to this place and of course uh, my wife um she has just been a pillar uh, she she taught me how to really love, uh, how to be vulnerable, how to be transparent, and um, and those are the things that those are the people that I really um, can hang my hat on um, to say you know what if it had not been for those people and of course I could go and and I could say my grandfather who who stood in the gap in the absence of my father my my great grandmother as well all of my you know I I was. I have seven aunts, <laughs> so oh man, yeah. So they are just you know they've been really. Um, I was the first male child of seven girls. My grandfather had seven girls. My mother was the oldest, and then I came along as the first boy. So you can imagine how spoiled I was. <laughs> you were the king, baby. I know, you were right? The king. <laughs> oh man, hey. So I want to. So I want to dive into a couple things here. I want to dive into your book because I just. I, I do want to say this about your book. I read about 40 to 50 books a year for different things. And when guys write a first book, it's usually this story of their life. And there's really not a lot there. But what you did is you were able to incorporate your story with with wisdom nuggets. So I appreciated that. You were able to weave your story so it became more than just your story. You were able to turn your story, your history, into his story. story. I love so that. I appreciate that. In your book, you said this. This is alarming, uh, but I'm going to read uh, out of your book, and I want to ask you a question. You said every day, more than 47% of African-American children, 23% of Hispanic children, 13% of Caucasian children, and 7% of Asian children go to bed without a single uh, in a single family home. That's like 40% of our country. According to the data by fatherhood.org and U.S. Census Bureau, one out of four, I'm sorry, one out of four children, mm -hmm. so 25%. One out of four children live without a father. And then you said this, where are the strong and courageous men that God and our society are looking for? Gone are the days of traditional families, which were led by strong and courageous men who placed an underlying loyalty on family values. Gone are the days when children would meet their fathers at the door after work, of a, after a hard day's work. So this really inspires you to launch your organization. And I, I want you to tell us a little bit more about Boys with a Purpose mm -hmm. 
and and what you do in this organization? Uh, well, again, that that verse, you know, just uh, sums up again, as you said, what we do, uh, because without with that void, again, our young men particularly. Are, are looking to try to fill it with something, right? What we want to make sure is that along this journey, uh, whether you're five or you're 55, right, you're getting the tools that you need to take the next step, to grow, to become the better version of yourself. Yes. And so what we do is we start with, of course, um, who are you? Right. Who are you as a man? Right. As a young man first. Right. So we want to make sure that your identity is rooted not only in what society says. Right. But your identity is rooted in Christ. Right. Because. Yes. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. I think that, you know, we want to build strong men. But I think what happens is we want to give them everything except Christ. Right. We want to give them We want to give them academics. We want to give them character. We want to give them etiquette and all that. But you can't do this life without Christ. So we start with um, making sure that they understand who they are. Right. What value that you have right now? I stop asking kids, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because what it says is you're nothing right now. No, you are something. Uh... Yeah, you are something right now. You're valuable right now at five right now at 10, right now at 20, you're valuable. You may not be where you want to be, but right now you can bring something to the table. And so we start there uh, and then we go into character, right? As you talked about, shaking hands, looking a man in his eye, right? We, back in the day, that's all it was. Your word was everything, right? That's how we bartered, that's how we traded, that's how we got, right? So you had to give me your word. You had to shake my hand, look me in the eye, and I had to know that you had the character and the integrity to do what you said you were going to do. Right. And and now we can just we can tweet anything we want. <laughs> right. And we can say anything we want. We can recant. Right. Or whatever the case may be. But we want to teach that honor. We want to teach that integrity. So we start there. We start with who are you? Then we start with what are you like the character of a man? What does that look like? Right. And and part of that is really making sure we debunk some of those myths, right? That, you know, men can't cry. We got to be tough, right? And we do, right? We do. But we also have to make sure that we're in a place where we're dealing with that sensitivity, right? We're dealing with all of those issues because what happens is if we don't, then men are, they're devoid, of all of the tools that they really, really need, right? And so that's what we we, we, we try to do. And so as we go forward, um, teaching that character, teaching that etiquette, teaching those, um, you know, those character traits that are really going to make them know that, like, I'm, I'm put here for a reason, right? I'm put here for a reason. And, um, and that's when we start talking about purpose. You know, everything has a purpose. God didn't make any mistakes when he made you. Um, and although your father is not here, right, that you still have uh, something. You have an assignment uh, while you're here on this planet. Right. And then we want you to kind of start focusing in on and understanding that uh, at an early age. Right. And so I believe dropping in all of these elements at an early age 
we'll start the train moving, right? And we'll start to push kids um, in the right direction. So how, of, long, how long does this go, Kenny, and how often do you meet? So we, we go, um, it's an after-school program. Yeah. We go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, was our initial piece. We go three to six, um, and we've been doing that, again, just every week, every week. And Holy cow, that's a yeah. lot. You're putting a lot of information to these guys. And so how many kids have, have filtered through the elementary school under this program? I would say since uh, 2016, we've probably had close to about 250 kids. Holy cow. Do you yeah. realize that 250 kids who grew up and raised families, you add, you multiply that, that's thousands that you've impacted. Yeah, well, we're trying. We because really, we're... because <laughs> each young boy who grows up to be a man, you know, D.L. Moody years ago did a revival service and his wife... He got home and his wife said, hey, how'd it go? And he said, it was okay. I led two and a half people to the Lord. And she said, oh, two adults and a child. And he said, no, two children and an adult. Because wow. when you impact a child, you impact somebody and you change the trajectory of their life. Mm. And so that young boy uh, who you've trained is going to impact five, who will impact 20, who will impact, you know. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go back to this, your program and back to your book. You said something in your book that, in my opinion, it almost felt like your war cry. It, it almost felt like this. It, it felt so guttural when I read it. I went, oh, okay, this is this is the statement right here. It's like the drop the mic, right? And mm -hmm. I want you to speak to this. And here's what you said. You said, you're special and you're going to do something with your life. To me, when you wrote that to your audience, it almost read like you were staring at yourself in the mirror. Can you walk us through the guttural nature of that statement? Uh, that statement came from uh, my aunts, right? Those are the, when I was going through domestic violence in my home, uh, I would have to go stay with my grandparents and my aunts were there. And so um, even though I was going through those things, they would always speak that life into me to say that you're special. You're going to do something special in your, with your life. And so um, I use that. I always hear that in my head no matter where I go when I get off the plane to Mississippi and I train teachers when I'm in California or wherever um, I hear that voice ringing in my head and then now you're right that is my war cry to every young man and every young person period that comes across my path like you're special right there's nobody on the planet like you there's nobody on the planet that can do what you do and I want you to know that because a lot of kids all they hear is you're not good enough you're 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 just like your father in a negative context um you're never going to be anything you're never going to amount to anything so i always want to bring um that positivity and i always want to speak life because that's really what happened to me somebody saw more in me than i saw in myself and, and isn't that the secret uh, and the beauty of man on man, as far as a young man helping a younger man to see something in himself he doesn't see. You know, one of our friends, Jeff Vogt, who has a ministry called Cave Time, he's out of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, offered up a quote that his dad would say to him often to encourage him. He would just simply say this, you belong here. Wherever you get to, you're worthy, you belong, you're qualified, you've got what it takes. And I don't know, man, Kenny, one of the greatest things a man can say to another man, when I say a man to another man, I mean an older guy saying to a younger guy is, 
you've got what it takes. Do you yes. see that the kids you work with really need to hear that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, they see and they hear so much negativity um, in their surroundings, in their environment. Um, they definitely need that. They need that encouragement. They need that reinforcement and the, the assurance that, you know what, all of the character training and everything that I'm going through in Boys With A Purpose eventually is going to pay off for me, right? It, it will eventually manifest and I'll feel better about myself so that, as you said, I'll be able to now help five and then somebody else will help 10. Um, so a absolutely, they definitely need to hear that. And, and I think that it does my heart well when when they say those things like thank you for boys with a purpose thank you for you know um you know we, we're getting ready to celebrate at the end of the year uh at the end of june uh we're just going to bring all of our boys together get to the park um just have some food and fun man and families are going to come out and we just want to celebrate they've been through so much with this virtual learning and everything yeah. this year they persevered i said man hey let's reward them you know let's really throw a big party so um uh so yeah absolutely just trying to make sure that they know as you said that they are valuable they do belong and that they can accomplish something great in their lives now are you in other schools or just at uh, meminger i'm just at meminger now but we're getting ready to move forward to where we're going to pull other schools in um and in, in our partnership with boeing uh and actually i'm actually meeting with them next week but um, so we want to we want to create this pipeline. So it's boys with a purpose. It is the College of Charleston. Uh, we'll bring mentors in um, from the College of Charleston, and then Boeing has a program where in 11th and 12th grade, our boys will intern with them, and then if they decide to go work for Boeing, Boeing will pay for the four-year degree, the master's, and the PhD. Wow, that's huge. I, I just. I envision guys listening to this podcast from all over the country or world saying, I want to bring this into my school. I'm an elementary school teacher. I realize I've got the odds stacked against me. I'm working with 95% women and I've got 45% of the school is boys and we need to do something. So I just, that's why I asked the question, Kenny. So, um, Hey, I want to jump into your book and you list, uh, I, I, I really enjoy doing this and I read books because I'm an author as well. And, you know, you always those have little typos you miss, right? Right. And so your book, you said in your book, you said, uh, I'm going to just highlight this. I, I cracked myself up when I read this. Uh, I structured the book around 20 core principles, being a father figure, which isn't necessarily about being the biological father, but it's about playing the role as father figure. And then when I was going through the book, I found 21. So there's one, so there's there's one that's highlighted and not numbered. So I'm like, oh, yes, I should get a free flower basket or fruit basket for that. Actually, give, Dale the, give Dale the flower basket. I want the oh, fruit. You want the fruit. Okay, I got, you. So, I got you. so you have 21 things in here that are words of wisdom for fathers. And I just think, or father figures. And I want to just highlight each one, read a statement about each one. And I want you to just respond why this made the cut, all right? Got it. So, and this is this will be, guys, this will be in show notes. If you want to get our show notes, I send those out via a blog every week. You can sign up for that blog or our equipping blast. It's The blog goes into the equipping blast at info at menintherena.org. So these will be listed in that. If you want to get them, you need to go there. So words of wisdom, number one, is 
Know who you are. You've already hit on this. And you said, don't waste time. Read God's word and find out who you really are and where he wants to take you. Say this daily. I matter and I'm more than enough. Will you unpack that? Um, all my life, I've, I've struggled with those two things. Yeah. That I, do, do I matter? And am I enough? Right. And I think a lot of people struggle with those things, especially when you grow up without that foundation of your father and and, and what he could actually bring to you. And so um, uh, I wanted every young man to know and every young person to know that you do matter. You you do count. Right. And and you and, and just as you said, wherever you are. Right. You belong there. Yes. Right. You belong there. And I fought and I fought with myself a lot about that, because um, even when I became a teacher, you know, it was it was hard. It was it was difficult. And I was like, man, am I doing enough? Right. But again, knowing that knowing who I am in Christ gives me those two things that I do matter and that I am more than enough. But when you don't have the foundation of what God says about you, you begin to believe what the world says. Now, that is so true. You know, we had a John Eldridge on our podcast speaking about his classic book, Wild at Heart. And he said the number one question men are asking themselves is, do I have what it, what it takes? And, and men, if you're listening right now, the answer is yes, you do. Yeah. Because God, the God who made you made no one else in this universe like you. That's and right. only you can be the best version of you by radically committing your life to Jesus Christ. No matter where you are, if you're driving your car, pull over and radically commit your life to Jesus Christ right now and let him make you into the man that you are. That's the only way you're going to get there. So guys, uh, words of wisdom number two, which is, and I, I thought this was so powerful, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> we, we tend to just kind of blow over this, but why is forgiveness so powerful? You wrote this, bitterness at its core destroys the soul, but forgiveness lights a path for hope for all who dare to embrace it. And I think that must be a massive problem with young boys without daddies in the home. How, how, talk to me about this learning to forgive and, and how guys can go about doing that. Well, I think that um, you always want, you never want to live with regret. Yeah. That's the first thing. You never want to live with regret. And I had lived with a lot of regret in the fact that me and my father didn't have the relationship that I always desired. And um, that bitterness held me back from actually going to try to fix it, right? And some people would say, oh, well, you know, if the father is absent, it should be his job to go. The child shouldn't have to go to the father. Let me say this. When something is broken and both parties know, it's whoever responsibility. It's, it's somebody's responsibility to go fix it. Right. And now I'm not 15 anymore. Right. I'm 30. Right. Yeah. So I can't I can't use that. And so that forgiveness for me personally, like right? and me and my father, you know, it was almost 40 years before we actually reconcile. But here's what I what I, what, what it did for me. One, it freed me up to understand that I could have had that 10 years earlier had I just stepped up and said, you know what, I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go to him. And when I did go to him, because I had to go to him about, you know, because of the book, um, we were able to reconcile. We were, wow. a he was, he was able to, 
tell me exactly how he felt. He answered all my questions truthfully. Um, and some of the things that I was thinking for years wasn't even the reality, right? Because, mm. you know, when we don't, when we don't connect, right? I play a, a script in my head, what he's thinking. He plays a script in his head, what I'm thinking, and we never communicate. But when we got together, one of the things that really came out was that my father always loved me. And I never thought that, right? Wow. But we never had that conversation. But when we did, um, I was able to see that. And so if you forgive, if you learn to forgive, because that cancer will eat away at you, it won't eat away at the other person, right? If you learn to forgive, you are now on the path to redemption. Well, that's important to understand with unforgiveness. You called it a cancer. It will eat you away. You know, that's why Jesus said, if you don't forgive others when they sin against you, I won't forgive you because he wants your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And if you're if part of your heart, mind, soul, or strength is given to somebody else through unforgiveness, they own a piece of your heart. And the sad thing is, Kenny, the people that own you are the ones you don't want to own you. I know, right? <laughs> it's like pathetic. So you've got to let it go. And so you made a comment, Kenny, that I really respect. And you said, man, I was 30. I was a man. You know, something is broken. Someone has to fix it. And so what would you say to the guys that are 30s and their 40s that are, are broken guys because they're still blaming a fatherless uh, uh upbringing what would you say to that 30 to 40 year old guy who's blaming his uh anonymous his his uh estranged father instead of taking responsibility for their own lives i i would say that um one i totally understand why you're doing it but but here's the here's the key um if 2020 didn't teach us anything it taught us that one we're not in control and two tomorrow truly is not promised so yeah if you don't want to die with the regret, you have to now take the first step to going to, to, to fix it. Because when I, when I was younger and I went through domestic violence, I was angry because I was seven, eight, nine, and I couldn't do anything to stop my stepfather. When I got older, I could do something. Yes. And it's the same, it's the same thing now. When you're 15, when you're 12, no, you can't do anything. You're 30 now, right? You cannot lean on that crutch anymore. Throw that crutch away and walk the path that God wants you to walk to redemption. Man, that's a that's a tweetable quote right there. Throw <laughs> that crutch away and walk. It sounds like the man at the pool of Bethesda, right? There you go. Where Jesus said, you know, in fact, I just watched the Chosen episode on that exact scene. And Jesus tells that guy, look me in the eye. Look me in the eye because the guy was using that as a crutch. That's so good, man. So uh, uh, word of wisdom number three, you start off with a quote from Harold Green III in his book, Something to Live For, and he says this, and I think this is such a great quote. What's more dangerous, someone who's not afraid to die or one who has found everything to live for? And I thought that was interesting because as men, we want to be dangerous. We want to we want to be men of impact. We want to be the tip of the spear. I thought that was interesting that you put that in your chapter on word of wisdom number three, which is be humble. Can you unpack that for us? Well, again, that that is a you know in and of itself is a powerful quote, and yeah. I think that it's almost like um, 
you know, do you run faster when you're running from something or do you run faster when you're running towards something? Right. Uh, And so I think that for me, that it always comes back to that, you know, we all want we want to be that man. Right. We want to be that guy. Right. But in your humility. Right. You show your strength. Right. Mm -hmm. When 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 there is a lion that that knows that it can kill the gazelle. Right. And 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 it, it doesn't have to boast about that. Right. The strength of the lion is the strength of the lion. And so I think that for men, we've got to understand that the strength of who we are is wrapped up in what God says we are. But when you don't know who you are, then you want to boast. You want to beat your chest. Right. Uh, I think Michael Jordan said, uh, let your game speak for you. Yes. Right. Let your game speak for you. So let your manhood speak for you. You don't have to be a, you know, that guy all the time. Sometimes, yeah, right? But you don't have to be that guy. That doesn't have to be your identity. Mm-hmm. And so we teach humility in such a way, uh, and we teach it. Or So I got a wall, right? You put a wall down, and you put pride on one side and humility on the other, right? And so I tell kids, so, okay, so now uh, I want you to figure out a way to get through this wall. Well, pride would say, I'm going to punch my way through the wall, right? Humility would say, I'm going to climb over it. Uh, well, and yeah, humility would say, I'm going to find somebody to help me climb over it, right? Right. You you continued on page 44 of your book. You said it takes, and I I, I love this quote because we don't, we don't get it as men. You know, um, you, know you, you talked about a guy who has to, you know, let your game speak for yourself. I would say if you have to tell people you're a man, that's probably a sign that you aren't, right? Right. <laughs> so and you wrote in your book, you said, it takes strength to be humble. Humility is letting go of what we want and accepting God's best for our lives. C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And so I just think, I think humility is a powerful, powerful characteristic for a man who really understands who he is. Michael Jordan didn't have to talk smack because he was it. Tom Brady, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not a Tampa Bay fan. Tom Brady does not have to say anything because he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. I mean, there it is. You Whether you like him or hate him, you can't argue with the rings. Exactly. So, so, you know, so when you're humble, you don't have to brag about that when you know who you are. So that's really good, man. So word of wisdom for dads number four. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna read a, I've got a quote here, but I'm not gonna read it. I'm just gonna let the word of wisdom hang in the air. <laughs> I'm gonna let the guys figure it out. I'm gonna let you help us digest it. Here we go, guys. Ready? And I think this goes with number three. Word of wisdom number four: Learn how to die. Mm, yeah, learn how to die. And I think that in this piece. Um, you know, I, I talked about the fact that we I've got my own ideas, you've got your own ideas, but unless they line up with what God really wants me to do, yeah, right, it, it's really not gonna come to pass. And if it does, it won't be um fulfilling, right? It won't be able to sustain me. And so uh learning how to die to myself is what I had to learn how to do. I had to learn how to die to what 
Kenny believed. Kenny believed that he was going to the NBA and he believed that he was going to pull his family out of poverty with that, you know, um, vocation or whatever the case may be. And I, like I said, I'm so glad God had a different plan because when I died to what I thought and what I believed and I really adopted his beliefs and what God says about my life, that's when I really became alive. That's when I really became the, in the best version of myself. Right. But if you never learn how to die to your beliefs and your thinking, right, you 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 run this whole life on your own thinking. And that's a terrible way to be. <laughs> you, you know, guys, listen to what he just said there. He said, when I died, that's when I finally came alive. You know, Jesus said in John 12, 24, unless a kernel of seed dies, it will not produce the crop. And so this is what we're saying, guys, you know, die to yourself. We have a one simple message, Kenny. Here it is. Ready? It's it's kind of simple man talk. If you want to be your best version, start with radically giving your life to Jesus Christ. It's really simple. Yeah. Because once you do that, then you can walk into that best version. So Ooh. unless you're willing to die, you're going to still hang on to bitterness. You're going to still hang on to uh, the father wounds or the pain that your dad caused you. You're going to hang on to these things that aren't who God made you out to be. So guys... I think learn how to die could have been number one, man. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's just so important to manhood. So uh, word of wisdom number five, which I think this is great because it's a word of wisdom. And word of wisdom number five is embrace wisdom. So I think that would be a massive topic for the young men that you're working with that have no idea what wisdom is because no man modeled it for them. Right. And I think that, like I said before, like, you can't go on your own knowledge. You have to look at people who have come before you and you have to, first of all, you got to know what wisdom is, right? Yes, yes. The right, the right application of knowledge consistently, right? And so uh, if you don't know that, then you can take street wisdom <laughs> and yeah. think that, right? You know what I'm saying? And think yeah. that's, and you, and you walk your whole 30 years with street wisdom. Um, but it's not, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not biblical with no, it's no, has no foundation. And so I, 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 we implore our young men to embrace wisdom. One, to be able to recognize it for what it is, right? Take truth and know how to examine it, right? So if somebody comes through and they say, you know what? Yeah, um, I got to get mine. I'm going to yeah. be all about, you know, I got to get mine. And it, it's going to be all about me. That's not biblical wisdom. You don't embrace that, right? Because I got to get mine creates a selfishness. And then it also creates... When I do get mine, I ain't giving none out. I ain't sharing. I'm not going to practice reciprocity, right? And so all of those things, you know, we want, we try to make sure that, you know, when wisdom comes through, man, you better pick it up. It's like a jewel. You know, that's really interesting because I believe that word of wisdom number five and word of wisdom number six really play into it. You know, I'm 55 years old, Kenny, and it seems like you're right around that same age. Yeah. And, you know, it's I hear a lot of guys talking about the millennial generation of men, and I hate that talk. I think we need to, instead of talking about millennials, boomers, busters, Z, Gen Z, we need to talk about the age category they're in. So these millennial guys, they're in their, you know, mid to late 20s into the mm -hmm. mid to late 30s. So that time of life is a great time to teach. Because you can let go of the entitlement or let go of the unwise decisions or let go of whatever happened in the late teens to early 20s because life will teach 
us. And it, it's like, it's like, you know, I, I heard a movie one time. It said, I'm, oh, it was a, the the TV show Cheers. They walk in, they, Norm, Norm, what's up? He goes, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone Not underwear. Bone underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Remember that? So you must be about my age, man. Come so, on, you know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing milk bone, bone underwear. underwear. And so that's what I would tell these young, you know, because we're targeting guys in their late 20s or early thir- late 40s, late 30s, early 40s. And life will teach you. So word of wisdom number six is let life teach you. So can you unpack that for us? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, as I said earlier, you know, I, when I realized that life is, is, is not happening to me, it's happening for me. Right. Yes. And so when you know that and you understand that you really have a firm foundation and a firm belief that everything that happens, right. He says all things work together, right. Is really going to work out for my benefit. It may not feel like it. It may not go the way that I think it's supposed to go. But everything is going to work for me. And so um, life is a teacher. Here's here's uh, my trip to Mississippi um, started off like this. I get to the counter and to check my bag and everything. And the lady says, oh, Mr. Joyner, your bag is free. She said, you must have reached a new status. Right. And when I when I got that right, that was one of the things that I talked to the teachers about. I said, your status has gone up in this whole COVID time. People mm-hmm. see how valuable you are, right? But mm-hmm. everything that happened on this trip, right, was a part of when I got an opportunity to be before those 60 teachers. Um, and so whenever I go somewhere, I'm always what? Paying attention. Yeah. I'm always paying attention. And so you have to let life teach you because, you know, those lessons come and when when Jim Rome says, let life touch you, he says, let happy things make you happy. Let sad things make you sad. Feel it. Right. Feel the pain, feel the burn, feel the euphoria. Right. So you can remember those times so that when things do get low, you can say, wow, I remember. I remember the lesson I learned when I was 19. Right? Well, speaking of 19. So my my kids, all three of my sons are college graduates. I'm nice. So really proud of that fact. But. It's interesting because when they went through high school, I said, hey, you guess who gets to pay for your car insurance and gas? You do. And so your grandparents bought your rig, so you're going to, you know. And so, but when they got to college, I said, I'm going to pay for your college. I'm going to pay for your car insurance while you're in college. Well, my two oldest ones decided to get speeding tickets now. So then their insurance jumped up to like 200 bucks a month. I said, guess what? I'm no longer paying for your insurance. You're on your own. Because Why? Life is a teacher. Life is a teacher. And they, they fixed their driving, their insurance came down, and lesson learned that they can pass on to their kids. And so I thought that was really powerful. So no, word of wisdom number seven, you know, there's a phrase going around, Kenny. I hear this all the time with the younger generation. Like, they talk about their superpower. Right. That's my superpower. And I'm like, and so number seven is really the superpower. You said this. You said knowledge is the power that makes you a superhero. It is the tool that shines the light on right decision-making. It's insight digs through the darkness of our lives and illuminates the best and most prosperous path for us all. Word of word of wisdom number seven is learn to love knowledge. Knowledge. Learn to love knowledge. And again, I think that um, this was the piece that we heard, and I heard a lot when I was growing up, 
um, your education will make a way for you. Your education will make a way for you. And so uh, falling in love, and I, and I know that most educators are lifelong learners, um, and falling in love with learning and falling in love with knowledge is something that uh, has to, um, you have to be inspired to do that, right? And I wanted to be that kind of teacher, right? I wanted to make my students fall in love with knowledge, right? And when you don't know something on one day and then you make the connection on that next day, uh, it changes you, right? It changes you. And just teaching our young men that, guess what? Um, if you have some knowledge on Monday and this person doesn't have the knowledge, right? You are ahead of the game. You are ahead of the game. And so what we do is I uh, take my fastest runner, right? I put him in the back of the class. I take my slowest runner. I put him in the front of the class. Uh, I'm, I'm at the front of the class, right? I got $20 in my hand, right? And I say, okay, now the person who can get to me first, right? Is the one who can get the $20, right? So of course the, the guy in the back thinks, no, I'm still faster than him. I'm going to get there. And so what we start doing is we start saying, okay, who's got the knowledge? And every time you have knowledge, you take a step forward. If you don't have knowledge, you take a step back. Mm. And I want and I want them to see that, that that knowledge will pay off in the end. Well, you know, so while you're talking, Kenny, I have to say something because you're an educator, right? I'm a, I'm in ministry, so I'm a communicator, educator, mm -hmm. a spiritual educator. So when we say love knowledge, I think we need to add a caveat there, right? We need to love truth. Mm. So, so what's the difference between knowledge versus truth? Because I know you're a man of truth. So we want to make sure we're pointing kids to knowledge that is truth, not knowledge that is fake or, or a lie. So talk to me about this truth component of knowledge. The truth component of knowledge is is where wisdom hit where the rubber hits the road, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's where the rubber hits the road. And we want to make sure, as you just said, the difference between that is that we want kids to understand that uh, we want them to know their truth. We want them to know the truth of Christ. Yes. And then we want them to be able to dissect that, right? So that if somebody comes and offers them something that is fake. Right. That they 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 not only do they know it, but they can say, you know what? I don't want that. Right. Why would I accept that? <laughs> right. I'm more what valuable. Yes. than the Knowledge that you're trying to bring me. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's a powerful statement right there. I don't want our guys to miss it. You said I'm more valuable than the knowledge you're trying to bring me that because because I'll tell you what, Kenny, and, you know, you're in the education system. You see it all the time. We're teaching kids in so, whether it be the media, whether it be news, whether it be social media, whether it be in our schools, we're teaching kids sometimes things that aren't true. And so kids have to identify what Ooh. the truth is in all situations. Hey, Kenny, hey, I've heard it in the church. I've heard things taught in church. I'm like, uh-uh, not true. And so, right. <laughs> so we have to sift through it. And the best way we do that, well, what is the best way to do that? What, in your opinion, what's the best way for these young uh, boys to do that, to, to, to be able to sift through to the truth? I think you got to go. You got to start with the standard and the standard is Christ. 
Yeah, that's that's it, so yeah. Good. You got you got to start with the standard because if you don't start with the standard and you start mixing worldly truth, then that's when things kind of get we're fighting over semantics. But when you start with God's truth, that's it. That 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 you line everything up with that, and you're like, man, this this you know how we used to take the letter and put it up to the light so we could kind of see through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's what we do. That's what God's truth is. Right. You you hold everything else up to the light. And when you hold it up to Christ, you can clearly see like this doesn't measure up, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. You made me laugh just now. I have spoken to two 20 somethings in the last month who did not know how to mail a letter. <laughs> wow. Isn't that something? Oh, well, you know, I'm... you know, our generation killed the checkbook. Nobody balances the checkbook no, anymore. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. So, Hey Kenny, I want to go with one more, and I want to take it. I want to, I want to break this podcast into two parts. So I want to end no this problem. part with a with a word of wisdom number eight. And uh, you know what? I I would imagine Kenny, when you're working with uh, young boys, I don't think it matters. Young boys, teenagers, adults. I think word of wisdom number eight is huge, huge. You said in your book, your friends will ultimately determine your future, and you must choose them wisely. Your friends can change your destiny. That's powerful. They can alter the plan that God has for you if you allow them to. That's even more powerful. I'm not saying they can keep you from your destiny, but they can certainly put you on the wrong path. And and word of wisdom, which is so good, is friends equal future. Will you unpack that? Well, again, that, that goes to... You know, my just my own life. You know, yeah. uh, I was in in an early situation where I was hanging out with the wrong people, right? And I was I was headed in a dire direction that would have landed me in prison or worse, right? Um, because these guys were going after some things that I thought I wanted, false truth, right? Um, and I was walking with them because I thought I was one of them, but I wasn't. I didn't know who I was. So when you don't know who you are and we got and it's kids on the block, guess where you're going to go? You're going to go with the kids on the block. And so um, that piece is is crucial because we don't get to choose our family. Mm-hmm. Whatever family you're born into, that's that's what family you're born into. But we do get to choose our friends and your friends can literally put you in the grave or they can put you on the mountaintop and because of my friends that's why i am where i am right they always tease me they say man i'm sure glad you you know you're using your gift of speaking for good because before (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could talk us into a whole lot of trouble man i could talk myself into a fight in a minute man so so, that's so good well you know a word of wisdom man is you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but don't pick your friend's nose, right? So That's right. Anyway, hey, so so word of wisdom number one, know who you are. Number two, learn to forgive. Number three, be humble. Number four, learn how to die. Number five, embrace wisdom. Number six, let life teach you. Number seven, learn to love knowledge. Number eight, friends equal future. Guys, let's get our boots on the ground. Let's put some traction on the treads. This week, I want you to pick one of those. One of those that we just went through. There are eight choices. I want you to teach one of those to a young boy. 
could be one of your children, could be a nephew, could be a grandson, could be a, uh, a, a boy in your Sunday school class that you're teaching. Teach one of those. Go out of your way to teach that to a young boy. So, hey, Kenny, thanks so much for coming on the show. We're going to break this into two parts, but how can guys get a hold of your book? Uh, they can go right on Amazon. Yep, go right on Amazon and uh, pick up a copy, man. Um, uh, I've just, again, I, I never even thought I would sell. I, I just bought the I bought the first 10 because I didn't think it was going to sell. That's awesome. <laughs> you know so saying? book sales are going well? Well, book sales are going pretty good. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I just wanted to, as my best friend said, he said, look, just write the book. Yep. It'll end up in the right hands. Just write the book. And so my 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 assignment is done. It's complete. And so um, I just want to get it in the right hands. Well, and the funny part is I reached out to you because of my picture. And when I realized, oh, this guy's a follower of Jesus, I was like, yes. Oh, he's an <laughs> author? Yes. So I got, I mean, you know, God help. You know what? I'm telling you what, man. Even sometimes a guy like me can find a find some de- some crumbs and, and it leads me in the right direction so uh thank you lord for that so hey guys uh i uh, want to make sure you check out his book it's a great book and we're going to be writing more about it in our equipping blast for men that you can pick up on info at men dale take us home brother yeah guys I want you to head on over to men and order your copy of strong men dangerous times five essentials every man must possess to change his world and guys, again, we'd love to get those reviews from you to celebrate what God's doing in your life. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.